Now, Louisville Bats Baseball. Hi again, everybody, and welcome once again to Louisville Bats Baseball. Thanks so much for checking out the Bat Chat Podcast. It is episode five here today. I'm Nick Curran, and uh, it's been a great first four episodes, and uh, looking forward to continuing along week after week with this Bat Chat Podcast. Some big news about the podcast. We are uh, uh, pleased to say we're now on Stitcher, so you can check it out on that that great uh, podcast app. Leave a a rating or a review we'd appreciate that whatever you got you can certainly do that on stitcher now on there hoping soon to be on itunes as well so uh big things coming soon to this here bat chat podcast and we certainly appreciate you tuning into it a reminder that the podcast brought to you by norton healthcare with norton e-care we're here to help you while you stay in the comfort and safety of your home anytime day or night a norton healthcare provider is available to discuss non-urgent health concerns for patients two and older whether it's for a fever, a cough, respiratory symptoms, or a minor illness. Schedule a video visit or submit an e-visit questionnaire from your laptop, tablet, or mobile device. Schedule online at nortonhealthcare.com slash eCare. Our guest this week is right-handed pitcher TJ Antone. He was added to the Reds' 40-man roster over the course of the offseason, had a really good spring training, and had a really good stretch run as a bats righty last year after coming up midseason from Double A Chattanooga and uh, uh, actually is the reigning IL pitcher of the week, which we'll get into. But this is a great conversation with TJ. Really uh, appreciate his time and just uh, a lot of stuff into the weeds. If you're really into pitching and really into the process of preparing and, and what guys may be doing right now to stay ready with baseball obviously still on hold, this will be a great conversation uh, getting into that, getting into uh, some other stuff as well, some other things he's doing to pass the time in addition to uh, staying sharp and and just uh, going back and reliving some of that last year and and also uh, what he's done in the offseason to try to improve his delivery and and his effectiveness on the mound. A lot of really cool stuff from TJ and uh, a very – enjoyable conversation whether you're a a hardcore kind of baseball fan or even if you're not there's something in there for you uh too to talking about what everything going on right now and and some stuff uh he's doing and and uh different things uh involving what he did during the offseason and uh and family stuff as well so really great conversation with tj we'll get to that here in just a second before we do do want to remind you coming up if you're listening to this on the day it drops, we drop this uh, each Thursday here and uh, this one on the 23rd of April. Coming up tomorrow, April 24th, Friday night, special concert. Uh, it'll be from home plate, as it were, at Louisville Slugger Field. Safe at home plate, a concert, a charity concert performed by the Bats' very own Jeremy Scharf at home plate in an empty Louisville Slugger field. Hope you can check that out on the Bats Facebook page, Facebook Live, 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Going to run until about 8.15 or so. Um, should be a really cool way to, to stay engaged with the Bats, enjoy some great music. Jeremy's spectacular. If you've never seen him live, it'll be worth the watch. And a chance to donate to One Louisville, the COVID-19 response fund, uh, their will be an opportunity to donate to that. So raising money for a great cause as well. If you check that out, that option from Louisville Slugger Field tomorrow night. So encourage you to do that. 
If you're not at home or in a place where you can check out Facebook tomorrow night, another rebroadcast Friday night, uh, 7 o'clock on 790 KRD. You can check them out each Friday. The re-airs of uh, some of the great games from the past. We'll go back to last season again tomorrow night, July 23rd of 2019, when Alex Blandino walked it off for the bats with a homer, beating the Gwinnett Stripers. So you can check that one out on the air. 790 KRD, a great radio partner. That'll be tomorrow night starting at 7. And also continue to encourage you to go to BatsBaseball.com to stay up to date on everything going on in the world of Bats Baseball while we are all uh, in this uh, pandemic and COVID-19 response together and staying healthy at home, you can head to BatsBaseball.com and check it out. The t-shirts are there. The great Team Kentucky t-shirts as the Bats have partnered with the Lexington Legends and the Bowling Green Hot Rods. Shirts are on sale for the Bats team store for only $15. It's a pre-sale. They're on sale through May 15th. Uh, Shirts will get out to you after that, after the order uh, orders come through through May 15th. Uh, it's a great shirt that features all three of the team's logo. $5 of each order from the BATS page will go to one Louisville COVID-19 response fund as well. So a great way uh, to, to look good, to support the minor league baseball teams in the state, and to also uh, donate to a great cause as we try to get through this together. But all that information in the BATS team store, you can go to BATSBaseball.com. Without any further ado, let's jump into it this week, episode five of the Bat Chat Podcast. Our guest this week, 2019 Bats righty and, and Reds right-handed starter TJ Antone. Uh, TJ, uh, appreciate you doing this. Uh, how are you? Absolutely. Th- thanks for having me on. I, I mean, I'm doing really well, man. Thank you for asking. Um, well, this is usually uh, what should be the middle of the baseball season, not uh, a question I would ask, but what are you doing right now? <laughs> man i'm just like in a maintenance phase um just you know lifting staying in shape and throwing a lot um doing, doing about one one bullpen a week um trying not to overdo it but also trying not to underdo it and just stay just maintaining until i get the word and then start ramping up again yeah th- that's that's interesting trying to from your perspective obviously trying to keep some sort of throwing program going and and, and like you mentioned how much does um does technology play into it especially in a time right now uh, when you have a lot of time to maybe analyze different aspects of yourself and your delivery yeah absolutely there's i mean i have a uh, a rap soto at home i bought one personally um so it's really really nice to be able to throw bullpens to it and uh, get instant feedback on every single pitch and be able to share that data with some of the Reds uh, pitching coaches, you know, like Cal Bode or Jaggers and, uh, you know, Cotham and, and, um, and get their feedback and say, Hey, what adjustments do I need to make here? And, you know, they'll, they'll give me, and I can also do video. I can share video. So like technology is, is really helping me um, hone in on training uh near i guess you would call it near perfection and really making the most out of every single rep that i do instead of just blindly training and blindly throwing a bullpen and oh that one looks good yeah that one felt good and this one i can actually say that felt good and that was a good pitch and it and it moved the way i wanted it to or it was bad um it felt good but it was actually didn't really do what i wanted it to do on the rap soto so let me make an adjustment immediately and the next pitch i can uh kind of see that feedback so I think technology is playing a huge role um, in helping me 
um, kind of hone in on it, doing exactly and really hitting all the marks I really want to hit and uh, also being able to share the, that technology, share the information from it with the coaching staff. Yeah, that's uh, so instantaneous. How much, and you talked about it a little bit, but but how much have you been able to, to stay in contact with the staff and, and sort of keep up with them while they're keeping up with you, I guess? So uh, a push from the red staff, Texas, every single day, ask us about, you know, just – uh, how we're feeling about like symptoms of being sick and whatnot. So um, that's, that's great. They're, you know, keeping us, keeping up with us from that perspective. Um, and then throughout the week, probably like once or twice a week, uh, one of the pitching coaches will reach out and ask how you're doing, ask for some video of either, you know, your bullpen or um, some drills that you're doing. And then just like talking about what you're doing, where your volume's at, what are you doing on each day and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been, it's been nice. They've been, um, you know, they've been honest and making sure that we're getting all our stuff done, but then they've also not been like micromanaging, which is also can be kind of annoying at this point in our, our careers. We kind of know how to get ready for a season, but it is kind of a weird, um, circumstance cause we're not getting ready for a season. We're just maintaining. So it's been a good balance. They're, they're doing a really good job over here. Uh, that's certainly uh, good to hear, and in a weird situation for everybody. And and yeah. you, you you mentioned Kyle Bodie earlier. Obviously, joining the organization as kind of the the director of uh, of, of pitching initiatives, I guess is the title. What's it been like uh, with him and, and working with him? And and maybe how have things changed from the past with him joining the organization this year? Yeah, so more definitely more openness to uh, the weighted ball um, throwing. I I've been a huge advocate and um the, i know everyone in the reds knows this but I, I was probably like i guess you would call one of the pioneers of of the weighted ball in the reds organizations i just would always do it no matter what and i remember you know when i first got drafted they were they were pretty you know against it and you know thought it caused a lot of arm problems and i i, I was like you know this is my career i gotta i gotta do what i like and i had done it in high school and college so i kept doing it and now it's more regimented and there there's more clarity to it and kyle's done a really good job of like showing us exactly what these drills are for what they do what they help with um the rep set schemes of exactly how many throws what weight what balls to use um and that aspect of it of just preparing our arm on a daily basis and then he's also done a really good job him and uh eric jaggers um have done a really good job of um you know, sitting us down and saying, Hey, here's your, here's your profile of pitches. This is what you throw. You throw, you know, throw X, Y, and Z pitch. Um, you have the best success on Z pitch when you throw it in these counts, when you throw it to these hitters, when you throw it at these locations. And so it's, it's really cool to like kind of see the analytics and break it down, um, you know, in that aspect. But, and then also, like I was saying earlier, it kind of gives you a more, you know, zoomed in focus of how should I train? If, if these are my good pitches, um, how can I train to make those better? And if these are my not so good pitches, how can I train to make these better to, you know, get them up to speed with the other ones? So I feel like they've done a really good job just balancing, um, you know, because even one time, as remind me to say this, is uh, Kyle showed me this, this, uh, um, uh, it was like a, a chart and it was essentially, what how hitters do against fastballs versus sliders and the, and the numbers on the sliders were way worse the hitters did way worse on sliders in pretty much every count and so me being kind of stupid i was like oh so i should just throw only sliders from now on and so it's it's funny because 
yes, technically the analytics say, yeah, throw sliders because the hitters have lower numbers. And Cal's like, no, you can't do that. Like, so it's, he does, he does a really good job of balancing, Hey, this is what the analytics say, but you also have to be a baseball player and you have to throw fastballs and you have to throw changeups and you know what I mean? So I think he does a really good job and he's and he, obviously his first year as a coach. I'm really excited to work with him more. And, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to work with them more. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, uh, the slider works because it was set up by all this other stuff, and I, I think yeah. that's a really really interesting you know way to to kind of read into it. Um, so, jumping back out of that uh, a little bit, you in spring training seem to have really upped your velocity. Um, how? how how did that kind of come how how did you uh, work into that over the maybe the off season and maybe the tail end of last year yeah so i you know i just i had tommy john in uh, 17 mm-hmm. um so i i really that's when i kind of before that i was doing a different weighted ball program and it was still good I, I, it was uh, just based out of it was the texas baseball ranch and i really liked their stuff um but i just i switched over to driveline i was just seeing a lot of success coming out of there and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try this driveline program. So I was kind of switching into that in uh, post-Tommy John surgery. And I saw a small uptick from post-Tommy John or like from pre-Tommy John velo to post-Tommy John. Um, and, and it could have been just the new ligament or the new training program. Uh, but I saw about a, like a one mile an hour jump on average and on the uh, top velocity on the uh, upper end of the velocity too, which is like huge when you're talking about um, going from 90 to 95 to 91 and 96. That's like a really big jump. Um, and then this off season, I just, uh, worked with, there was a guy here that kind of did some more, some Tom house based stuff. If you ever heard him, um, some Tom house based stuff, some rotational, uh, velocity. And we were, we were measuring all these numbers from what they, they got on these measurements is that I, I was really strong and I threw heavy balls and I rotated heavy objects really, really well but I wasn't moving uh, light weights proportionate to how well I was moving heavy weights. So I took a, a small training block and just focused on moving really light weights as fast as I could possibly move them. Um, I was throwing like I was throwing a three ounce and two ounce ball the same speed I was throwing a five ounce ball, which just doesn't make sense. You should be moving them faster. So I just worked on arm speed and like rotational speed of, of lighter objects for a while. And then once they once I got those markers up to where they they thought was appropriate, you know, I just went back to regular training, training all of the you know regular strength, uh, medium like strength speed, and then regular um, lightweight speed. And I just felt like um, you know even in the off season I didn't think I was throwing a whole lot harder. I was you know like 90, 93 in my bullpens, and which was like maybe a, a mile an hour harder. I just didn't really think of it. I was like, yeah, my arm feels good. And, um, then I went to season and I think with, uh, you know, the, the atmosphere of big league camp and facing some, you know, high caliber, higher caliber hitters and, and also I'm trying to earn a job. And so like, there's all these things that are, that are playing into it. You know, I think that also had a huge role in me throwing a little bit harder, but um, I was excited to see how it kind of translated into season, but I didn't get to, um, <laughs> but I, I think, I think it should translate well. And um, I, I definitely, Oh, and I was in a role. I was in a, a reliever role, sure. you know, in in um, in big league camp. So I, I I definitely want to see how that translates as a starter. I'm not going to be able to go, uh, you know, max effort for seven innings. Um, so 
but I, you know, I, I feel good and I feel like my velo is a little bit harder. So I, I hope I can have that kind of reach back velocity when I need it as a starter. You, you did have a really good spring up until when the, the spring ended and, you know, looking over some stuff. I know David Bell kind of mentioned you in a, in a meeting with the media. Nick Crawl was on TV during a game and, and mentioned you. Uh, that has to feel really good when, when you're yeah. getting some, uh, some folks' attention from your performance. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, through my minor league career, I have been slightly overlooked. Um, you know, I've, I've put up solid numbers, but not just not, you know, life-changing numbers. And um, I understand that, you know, where I'm at in my career, it's, I, I, you kind of have to show off a little bit. You got to, you got to give your best at all times. And I always do, but the numbers weren't always, you know, lights out numbers. And I understand that, but I feel like finally uh, I was learning and, and, as I was going into this year, some of those really good outcomes were, were happening and, and I was, I was getting um, noticed for it. And I, and I appreciate that. And I, I it's really cool to have someone like, you know, Nick crawl and, and, um, and David Bell even say your name, um, <laughs> to be honest, even just to like know who you are is really cool. So, but at the same time that it, you know, that reds is a very tight, you know, I feel like a very tight family, um, organization and, and I'm, I'm starting to feel more part of the team. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, kind of building on that a little bit, you were added to the 40 man roster in November. Uh, how, how, I guess fulfilling or, or, uh, how I know the goal is to make it to the big leagues, but how uh, neat was it for you and how much did it mean to, to kind of have that next step by being added to the 40 man? Oh man, that was an incredible experience. I was, uh, I was actually in Puerto Rico on a mission trip, um, doing, we do like been down there for two years in a row now, dude, we do like free clinics for kids down there, baseball clinics. And, um, yeah, we were driving to our next clinic and I kind of knew it was the day that, you know, I'd either find out today or, or you know, I'd another go another year, be in my final year of my minor league contract. And, uh, you, you know, for, as for yourself, I came into, um, Louisville and I just didn't have the most success right off the bat and knew that would kind of hinder me. Um, but, I figured it out later in the season. I was hoping that, you know, the Reds would notice like, Hey, he made adjustments. Um, and, and he, he's becoming a big league pitcher. And I was hoping they would see that. And, uh, and I, and they did. And I, and I got that call when I was in Puerto Rico and I was just elated, uh, you know, teared up a little bit. I was with a lot of my, some of, some of my baseball buddies and, um, you know, they knew the, the, how big that moment was. So very excited and very, honored to be able to be chosen um even as a i guess you would call it as a backup uh, on the on the roster right now but um i'm just excited for the opportunity and it is a it's a stepping stone of where i want to be i'm not where I, my where i want to be yet but it is a stepping stone in the right direction and you mentioned last year you pitched to a 360 ERA in August and September after a a 540 in June July definitely the the improvement you talked about what what was kind of key for you in in being able to 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 improve from the time you were called to AAA to the end of the season Yeah so I feel like in AA um my stuff was just better than uh, a lot of the hitters so I could just out out stuff you know just throw a slider better than their swing kind of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when I got the AAA and you're facing these hitters that are on the, you know, the top of their organization or they've been in the big leagues for five years and they're back down, and they've already seen the best of the best slider in the big leagues. They've seen the best of the best, you know, sinker and change up. So my, my best of my best 
they've already seen something that's better than that. So I had to learn even more. Like I feel like I already knew how to pitch, but I had to learn even more how to pitch and how to set guys up and how to execute and, and know where where my misses have to be and and I mean a whole slew of things. But just you know just understanding and then trusting the catcher and and just learning more how to pitch. And as you I feel like as you move up, uh, you just have to adapt, learn to adapt. And I feel like the like, you know, like the saying is adapt to survive. And, um, you know, if you don't adapt, you're not going to survive. I feel like I did a really good job. It took some time and it, and it's not a fun process to, uh, learn to adapt, but you got to do it. And I feel like I, I did it towards the end of the season. I was finally learning, uh, what counts to throw off speed pitches to certain hitters and, and have success versus, Oh, I'm just going to throw it and hope for the best, you know, um, but I feel like, yeah, I adapted well and just made some adjustments, you know, minor adjustments. I really didn't make any huge like pitch adjustments. Um, just feel like it was just more timing and execution of pitches. And you finished off the season, the IL pitcher of the week. So you're the reigning IL pitcher of the week, uh, <laughs> two, two starts, 14 innings, a walk, 19 strikeouts in those two starts. Uh, how good did that feel to go into the off season on such a high note? Really good. Yeah, I was I was really hoping for a uh, a uh, September call up on my drive home. I was hoping they would tell me <laughs> to turn around and, and head to Cincinnati, um, but it didn't happen. And, and but I I mean you can't ask for a better ending to a season than that. Um, that you know you 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 were there for those two games, and it's just fun when you're when you're having success. It makes makes the time fly fast, and and it was a lot of fun ending the season like that, and, and taking that that confidence into the off season and going through it like that you know oh absolutely and had to feel good to uh to to be on the radio broadcast for like a half inning uh, on the last day too <laughs> to take that and i'm sure that was a highlight headed into the off season too yeah uh, absolutely i did that with uh tom i think i believe that's his name tom over yeah. dayton um and like the last one of the last i i i you know was up there charting uh for one of the last games of the season and when i was in dayton and by uh, 15 I guess that was and I did that with Tom and went on the radio so uh, it's fun all fun and games all fun and games yes always fun and games that's all <laughs> that's all we're doing there's never anything serious wanna yeah. if, if you have some time want to jump around to a couple different things with you real quick um yeah. you mentioned the the mission trip to Puerto Rico that's when you learned you were added to the 40 man uh yeah what what about that how how did that come about and and why is that something you like doing yeah, so I um, I really wanted to go on a mission trip. I'm, I'm strong in my faith, and I really wanted to go on a mission trip. I found this company. I was pointed out by Steve Sisko, which is the major league chaplain for the Reds. And he was like, hey, check out this company. It's, it, or it's, a, it's a nonprofit organization, I guess you should call it, um, called UPI, Unlimited Potential Incorporated. And what they do is they um, they work with players, baseball players, um, help them and their faith, uh, to be able to share, um, you know, what they believe and then also using what they're good at, um, to proclaim the gospel essentially. And there was this short, short story real quick. So there was, I really wanted to go somewhere really far. I wanted to go really far. Uh, they, UPI did a mission trip to Germany. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to Germany. It was going to be like $3,000. It's like, you know what? I just want to go to Germany. I'll do it. And for whatever reason, the Germany trip got shut down. And I just had this like these few encounters with 
with some teammates and players and I was like, Oh, well, whatever, I'm not going to go. And I was, I was praying about it. And, um, I just had these like really few, I was like, God, if you, if, you know, if, if you want me to go to, Oh, let me back up a little bit. So the Germany trip got shut down. He was like, Tony, the leader of the Germany trip said, Hey, I'm not going to Germany, but I'm going to Puerto Rico. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go to Puerto Rico. It's close. It's not fun. <laughs> so I was praying about it. Ask God to, you know, tell me something if you want me to go to these trips. And I just, I kept having these like people come up to me telling me, Hey, I feel like you should work with kids. Like just like really weird and random conversations. This uh, one of the coaches in Daytona that year um, was like, Hey, if you ever get a chance to go overseas and um, do a, a baseball, cl- uh, baseball class or a baseball clinic, I, I did one in China and it was like the best time of my life. And I'm like, I mean, just, it's just really weird things like that. And so I was like, you know what? I hear you. I'm going to go to Puerto Rico. And um, I ended up getting it funded by a really good friend of mine. He, he donated for me. And it, it was just an incredible time. That was two years ago. And then this past off season, I just enjoyed the first one so much that I, I had to go back. And, um, yeah, just we just go around to different uh, cities in Puerto Rico um, give them a free baseball clinic. There's usually a pitcher an in, like a couple infielders and then like a couple outfielders. And we do, we just pretty much put them in groups and rotation. Everybody comes to me, everybody goes to the infield, everybody goes to the outfield and we just kind of rotate after that. The, uh, kids usually sit up in the stands and we tell them our, our story about how, you know, we play baseball and how we came to Christ. And it's just a lot of fun and it's, you know, it's growing and I feel like it's a good opportunity that, to use something that I believe in and to use also something that I'm good at, which is baseball and kind of put those two things together and, um, and do something good for the world. That is uh, that is awesome. It's funny how those things work with everyone saying, Hey, you should go work with kids. All right. Yeah, let's... It was crazy. It was crazy. So can't, can't deny God, you know, you can't, <laughs> can't ignore that. Seems <laughs> like good advice. Um, yeah. uh, let's go back to your high school days. Uh, you went Uh-oh. to to Legacy High School and <laughs> there in Texas, um, I we this came up I think in the press box at some point last year. Did you cross paths with Noah Syndergaard there? Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, his his senior year was my sophomore year. Okay. Um, and I I got called up to varsity for playoffs, um, my sophomore year, and we went we went I think five rounds deep. I think. Winning, winning state would go seven rounds. So almost, almost to regionals, um, with, with Noah and I, and I'd played with him growing up and he would, for some reason he, I guess his age, he could play down, um, like down a year growing up. And then I, I always played up a year, um, growing up. So I always played against him and playing with him was a lot of fun. He was our number one pitcher. I mean, he was like, 90 to 95 his senior year just like blowing people away and um and then we actually had another pitcher a lefty pitcher who was like 83 88 and then we had myself as a sophomore i I think i was probably around the same maybe like 83 88 but as a sophomore in high school like that was like i i felt like i overpowered a lot of people with that (laughs) yeah um but yeah i got to play with them it was a lot of fun and uh yeah and then he got drafted and, and headed off to Toronto at first. Yeah. What was, what was his hair situation and what was your beard situation back then? (laughs) Or our coach was very, very, uh, New York Yankees style organization. So we, he actually, 
had no hair and um and he wore glasses he wore like goggles for a while <laughs> which was pretty funny i don't think he ended up wearing it his senior year but uh yeah he we, we were very clean cut i was not allowed to have a beard at all i actually didn't even know i had a beard because i was just had to shave every single day and it just <laughs> i mean it, you know it, it you know, some stubble grew in but i would just shave it off because our coach was pretty strict on that you know if we came to practice and we had stubble he, he would make us leave the field and go shave so <laughs> uh. A little, yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to say, yeah, it's been basically the same since then. That would have been, <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, your, your dad played on the national title football team at Oklahoma, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Da, well, that's, how, that's the famous one. How much does that come up over the years? Oh, every year. <laughs> and he loves it. He re- relives the glory days every time it comes up. It's pretty funny. So, um, and then my mom always makes fun of him. She's like, why do they always shout you out? They don't ever give me a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was a quarter, a he was a quarterback, yeah. right? Yeah, he, so he was a quarterback his freshman year. Um, yeah, his freshman year, his freshman year, they won it, but he was like, I think, second or third string quarterback. So he didn't get a, like any playing time in the national championship game, which is, I mean, fine. He's still on the team, but um yeah after that year he was like second string quarterback the first string got hurt in the texas game because you know i played at oklahoma so he actually played the rest of the texas game through like three interceptions (laughs) and uh he came back the next week they i think they lost and they came back the next week and went to the quarterbacks meeting and they're like what are you doing here and he's like what do you mean i'm a quarterback like and they're like nope you're not you got moved to db so they moved into the (laughs) defensive back he was like really fast and, and would just put his head down and crush people. So I think DB was probably better for him anyways. Found the right position. Yeah. Uh, a couple more. You saw this on your Twitter account. You back in mid-September predicted the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Um, oh, yeah. So you, you nailed that one. Um, NFL drafts tonight, starts tonight, as we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, yeah. You obviously don't know how the draft's going to go. Do you have an early Super Bowl prediction for next year? Oof. I'm going to be optimistic and say we play the season on time. Um, Super Bowl prediction for next year. I would not be surprised if Tom Brady pulled something off down in Tampa Bay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me one bit, honestly. I don't know if it would surprise anyone. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and put in my bid for Tampa Bay. All right. All right. If that happens, I'll be in contact about recording a podcast shortly after, uh, (laughs) shortly after that game, hopefully in, uh, in February, what other than staying in shape and staying ready and, and uh, all those sorts of things, baseball related, what, what else have you been doing during this? Do you have any, is there any TV shows or Netflix shows or movies or anything you've, you've been watching to, to pass the time? Um, not particularly. We watched um, the Tiger King one. Naturally, that yes. Was, uh, yeah, that watched that. We're going through some other stuff. Uh, I have to think what it's called. But we also uh, fostered a dog. Ah. Um, our my wife is really big into animals. She likes animals, I should say, and and so the the humane society was kind of overrun with animals. No one was coming to adopt dogs during this time so they had they, they were really over full and had like two or three dogs per cage and um so we you know we adopted a dog little the 
I thought he was a little terror at first. He was like chewing everything. So we got him a Kong and he ended up calming down and he just sleeps all day long now. So he's, he's a really good dog and we're trying to find him a home, but um, haven't yet. It's kind of crazy right now, but we've done that a little bit of Netflix working on um, some online um, pitching lessons with some kids and, and trying to make that, that works just trying to figure out how exactly to make it work and get the most out of them without um, being over the top and stuff. So just kind of, you know, and I play, play a lot of video games too. Can't forget that. What's the game? Play uh, some call of duty, play some uh, rocket league. I'm pretty bad at rocket league though. <laughs> I don't know what, I know what call of duty is. I don't know what rocket league even means. Rocket that's, league is, that's where I am in my life. Soccer. It's soccer with, you with little RC cars, like you're, you're an RC car and you play soccer. So you're like hitting the ball with your RC car. It's pretty funny. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's super random and, but like, it's a pretty popular game. Yeah. It, it sounds like it is, uh, it is growing and, and, uh, I'm, I'm like 60 years old trapped in a 30 year old's body. So that's, <laughs> that's why I have no idea what that is. Uh, TJ, appreciate you doing this again. Uh, stay safe down there. Hoping, uh, well, hoping there is a season and hoping to get to, uh, to watch you pitch maybe in the big leagues, maybe with the bats, who knows, uh, at some point in the near future, but, uh, but stay safe and uh and hopefully we'll we'll see you on a mound throwing a baseball very soon absolutely thank you so much yeah i'm, I'm on a mound all the time on instagram so go check it out I post well, my, my bullpens all the time all right if you if you want to plug if you want to plug your social media real quick go ahead and do that oh it's just it's just tj antone just tj and at tj antone whatever check yeah, the, the, the hardest part is people spelling my name right you know that it's t-e-j-a-y very oh yeah very unique spelling of tj be sure to uh to spell that correctly follow yeah. along twitter and instagram tj thanks again i appreciate it absolutely nick thanks for having me i appreciate it all right really appreciate uh tj again joining us uh, great stuff from him really good conversation and, and really interesting stuff uh about how he's staying ready uh, what he does in the off season uh, about how he goes through his preparation for pitching. I thought all that was really fascinating and uh, looking forward to hoping, well, hopefully being able to watch TJ on the mound, maybe on TV in the big leagues, that would be awesome. Or with the bats again this year, as mentioned, the reigning IL pitcher of the week is the season not yet underway. And he was the last winner of it last year. So pretty cool stuff that he still has that title once again big thanks to our presenting sponsor norton healthcare for bringing this bat chat podcast to you with norton e-care we're here to help you while you stay in the comfort and safety of your home anytime day or night a norton healthcare provider is available to discuss non-urgent health concerns for patients two and older whether it's for a fever a cough respiratory symptoms or a minor illness schedule a video visit or submit an e-visit questionnaire from your laptop tablet or mobile device schedule online at nortonhealthcare.com slash e-care Next week, we are planning to have BATS 2020 pitching coach James Baldwin as our guest for Episode 6. Should be a great conversation that will round out the coaching staff as we've had the other three on. James, the last one, looking forward to uh, having him next week here on the Bat Chat Podcast. Don't forget tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on the day it drops on Thursday, April 23rd, April 24th, Friday night, Jeremy Scharf, uh, the concert at home plate at Louisville Slugger Field in an empty stadium, chance to donate to the One Louisville COVID-19 Response Fund and also 
if you want to pick up one of the Team Kentucky t-shirts at badsbaseball.com and the rebroadcast coming up tomorrow night as well, 7 o'clock from July 23rd of 2019. Alex Blandino's walk-off home run beating the Gwinnett Stripers. That'll wrap things up for us this week on the podcast. Really appreciate you joining us again. Thanks to TJ Antone one more time. Thanks for tuning into this. I'm Nick Curran, and we'll catch you next week here on the Bat Chat Podcast.